Hi, I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Casey, and this is Frequent Flighters, a podcast curated by two people with a passion for local beer, wine, and other extracurriculars who tour all the tasting scene has to offer, ordering flights from independent brewers, winemakers, or whatevers throughout greater San Diego, an epicenter for craft beverage culture. Once upon a time, residents of California's San Fernando Valley were under attack by flying saucers from outer space. The aliens intended to conquer the planet by resurrecting corpses in a Hollywood cemetery, unleashing unspeakable horrors and paralyzing the living. While this 1959 sci-fi flick may have bombed in the box office, who knew it would inspire some super bomb beer almost 60 years later? In this episode, we found ourselves back in Escondido at the local independent eatery and brewery, Plan 9 Ale House, where you come for the beer but leave a slightly better pinball player. All right, so Plan 9 Ale House, uh, why did you want to bring us back to Escondido and try some beer this time around? I actually won a contest from Plan 9 Ale House. I pay attention to those things on social media. If you actually purchased a gift card, you would be in the running to win some Padres tickets. So I purchased a gift card, and lo and behold, I also won some tickets. Whoop, whoop. So there was a ton of good beers. We got two flights, four each, eight total. The first one that we tried was the Foos Gold American Lager, 4.5. Foos Gold. Yeah, not Fools. Not Fools. Foos. Foos. That's right. Foos Gold American Lager. That's right. 4.5%. American lager is what everyone knows, right? It's that light-bodied, pale lager, predominant beer of choice for most Americans. Best-known versions are Budweiser, Miller, Coors. And for that reason, it's not commonly found at microbreweries. Clear, golden in appearance, it really had that baked grain, bready aroma for me. More characteristics than you would typically expect from an American lager. It was Mm -hmm. very clean, crisp, and refreshing. Had a lightly malted straw flavor. Really low hop, slightly metallic copper finish. Mm -hmm. Very refreshing, crushable, Mm -hmm. perfect, like everyday beer. What did you think of it? This one was a standout for that sort of nice American lager style. I found it to be equally crisp, like you said. Um, Some really nice metallic notes I picked up as well. Almost some tea and grassy notes I got on the end of the flavor profile for me. It was super refreshing, as you said. This is a perfect beer to drink on a hot day. This is the beer you should order. And this would be a perfect 4th of July beer. Yum, yum, good time. And would have been perfect at the Padres game. It would have been, yeah. I was missing their Plan 9 beers. Can we get that worked out, please, someone? The next one we tried was a St. Pauli Shore unfiltered Kolsch, 5.1%. Cloudy in appearance from that unfiltered Kolsch, tan, medium brown. Mm -hmm. The aroma for me is what really stood out on this beer. I got like fresh dough, almost a glazed donut. You could smell the sweetness coming off of the maltiness from the Kolsch. The taste, it was another clean, crisp beer. Got the maltiness, slightly sweet, which wasn't a surprise based on the aroma. Had a bit of toasted nuttiness as well. Very complex for me. And the finish was almost this caramel toffee with some light hoppiness. I really, really liked this beer. Yeah, I have to totally agree. I love a good Kolsch to begin with, but yes, like you said, it was an unfiltered Kolsch. So that was something that's really unique. Kolsches are normally very clear in appearance, sort of a darker golden yellow color. This was not that at all. Totally smelled doughy and yeasty when you picked up the aromas. The first taste for me was kind of dank and not as I was expecting from a Kolsch. Normally you get like some fruitiness, almost like some banana-ish flavors at times from a classic Kolsch, but this did not have that. So this is a a crazy unique offering has a little more of a nuance in flavor has a little more it's a little heavier 
It had some candied nuttiness in flavor. Super unique, sort of mapley on the finish. I really liked it a lot. The next one we tried was another American lager, slightly higher in alcohol, 5.5%, Modern Love American lager. This one was uh, more of a bright yellow, still clear, still light, but the aroma uh, was this dank, skunky marijuana. I got some clean and crisp dry hops, a bit more malty than the Foos Gold American lager, and also a bit more bitter, but it did have a nice balanced herbal finish that I thought was quite unique. So this was a actually a dry hopped American lager and they were using mosaic hops. I actually know I love beers with mosaic hops. So if it says that on a on a menu, I'm I'm into it. I already have an idea. I'm going to have a good time with that beer. The dry hopping procedure actually kind of takes away some of the earthy bitterness that you might normally get with the mosaic hops. Hasn't disappeared. It's a little more downplayed in this scenario. But yeah, I got a lot of body from this. It smelled sort of herbal. This was a great beer. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, three for three so far. I was really liking this place. The next one was super interesting. Strawberried Alive Pastry Sour Ale, brewed with fresh strawberries, rhubarb, and pie crust, 7.5%. While there's really no formal definition that I could find about a pastry beer, I did see that it has sort of become this trendy, almost recreational challenge that brewers have taken on, and they challenge themselves creatively to try and mimic a favorite dessert item. Right. infusing pastry-like ingredients in the brewing process like cacao, lactose, cinnamon, coconut, things like that. For this one specifically though, it was it was hazy, tan, pretty much the color of a pie crust ironically. I, I found it very tart, refreshing, got a lot of that sour strawberry on the nose. It had this real sweet rhubarb finish and it, and it really reminded me of that famously tasty and amazing strawberry rhubarb pie that we get in Julian. It is basically a dessert beer. So it's going to have more of a creamy, chewy, textured mouthfeel. I thought it had beautiful fruity notes, obviously. I actually read one brewer talking about how this is the sort of beer that a brewer makes when they want you to feel like you're both eating and drinking something at the same time. So it's rather heavy. If you want one beer and it is the end of the night for you and that's that's all you're going for, you can go for something like this. All right, moving on. Positive Mental Radness West Coast IPA, 7.5%. This one was real clear, light golden. It had a beautiful, bright citrus and grapefruit aroma. On the palate, I got some piney notes with a big, bold, pleasant maltiness. Definitely had a bitter, hoppy finish that you expect from a normal West Coast IPA. I enjoyed this one as well. What did you think? Yeah, I'd have to agree that it was very bright with fruit on the outset um, in terms of flavor. It was full bodied. Um, It had a nice chewy bitterness that I got on the finish. It was a good textbook IPA for me. All right. And the next one was another IPA, the Retro Zombies Hazy IPA. Very cloudy and golden in appearance. The aroma, another sweet one on the nose for me. I got like maple syrup and pancakes somehow. Uh, The taste, it it had a creamy mouthfeel, a nice balance of sweet malt notes, and another one with a, a bitter hoppy finish. Of the two IPAs that we tried on our flights, the Retro Zombies, love the name, by the way, totally goes in play with the Plan 9 theme. It was delicious. I would agree that about the creaminess you mentioned, um, I got a bit of pepperiness on the nose, which was unique to me. And I also got some 360 juicy apple notes on the finish. It had different dimensions in terms of texture and flavor. 
the last two we tried were actually the same beer. One was just on nitro. Yes. The Turd Ferguson Imperial Brown Ale, 7.9%. And while the name isn't as appetizing as it actually tasted, I did enjoy this beer. It had a nice dark brown but clear color. The aroma, it was beautiful. It had a roasted cocoa chocolate aroma. And I really got a lot of tobacco notes on the palate. The finish was sweet, creamy. I got a little bit of baking spice. On the nitro, same appearance, same aroma, but definitely much more creamy, much more smooth. And it had this really unique, delicious chocolate Coca-Cola finish that I was Mm. a big fan of. Normally when I see something like Imperial Brown Ale on the menu, I think, okay, if I take a pint of that, I am going to fall asleep on the table here. This one was not too heavy. It had some beautiful cola and nutty notes that I picked up. I got a, a dimension of sort of cocoa and minty, an herbal an herbal note, if you will. Delicious. Yeah, and good times overall. This place was really fun. Like we said in the intro, there was an eatery too, so a really good food menu. Yeah, they did make a bunch of their own sauces, mustards, ketchups. They make their own pickles in-house. Um, I actually bought a hot sauce called Secret of the Ooze. It says it's a mutant blend of habanero and poblano peppers. Yeah, and I think it was during COVID that they decided to start selling vinyls. And so there was a whole wall of records that you could buy. And then it was just decorated with a bunch of skateboards, a ton of fun, like retro toys. And you can play pinball there. Ding, 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 ding. I'm a fan. It was definitely an adult playground. All right. So uh, what did we go home with besides the hot sauce? Uh, We actually went home with the Modern Love Pale Ale. We love that one. I found that one to be delicious. Shout out to Plan 9 Ale House. Yes, thank you for the Padres tickets. We enjoyed ourselves. Thank you for helping us do so. Well, that was the final pour for this episode of the Frequent Flighters podcast. Thanks for listening, and we hope we made you thirsty for another in the near future. Until next time, have a safe flight.